0: He takes the tooth out, he finishes everything and then he will say, so now you might feel a little bit of pressure as we do this and the patient says, okay, and he says, no, I'm joking with you, the tooth is out.
1: Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education and adding value to your life and career with your host, Jazz Gulati. Is there such a thing as an atraumatic extraction? I remember one lecturer in oral surgery, she was up in the podium and she said, this is BS because all extractions should be atraumatic. But in the real world, from my experience, I know that my implant colleagues would do something called an atraumatic extraction and be very proud of it. And from what I understood, it takes a bit more time. Like you need to be a bit more gentle, you need to preserve that precious bone. But from speaking to our guest Diary Abda today, using specialized tools such as uh, the Pizon, like this was all pretty new to me in terms of its applications for atraumatic extractions. But using that, your atraumatic extractions don't have to be very slow, they can actually be very efficient. So that was a real takeaway for me. Hello, Patricia Rati, I'm Jazz Galati, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite Dental podcast. Today I've got Dr. Diary Abda, who's such a fascinating man. Like for, to me, he was this like educator and implant dentist in Cambridge. From our conversations, I figured out that he's been nominated for an Emmy before. He's got an MBA. He's a best selling author. He's got books on business that completely not related to dentistry. He's a really smart cookie. And I'm sure you'll find him very fascinating. But in terms of what we're covering today, it's all about atraumatic extractions. What do you need to use? Can you just use luxators and, and do everything you need to do with that to call a atraumatic extraction? What is different about atraumatic extraction compared to a regular extraction? And what are the benefits of doing it in this way? Before we get to that though, the protrusive dental pearl. So today's pearl is philosophical in a way. It's going to give you just generic life advice. And it's something I just came across in a book, and I just want to share with you guys. Never take advice from anyone who you wouldn't aspire to be like. So there might be an amazing dentist, let's call it a male, for example, male dentist, who's really cool. But I wouldn't take advice from this dentist, even if they're an awesome dentist if they were abusive to their wife, and their children hated his guts, and he was failing at every other aspect of his life, and he wasn't looking after his health, for example. So that's someone who I wouldn't want to switch places with because for me, I value family very much. Uh, and, I, and I value relationship with children, etc. So just because their dentistry is good, I wouldn't take advice and especially life advice from someone who's failing in that regard. And it's because I wouldn't want to switch positions with that person. So I'd only take advice from someone because advice is quite freely available. Event- Nowadays, You have to kind of be selective about who we take life and, and, and clinical advice from. So always think, as a rule of thumb, never take advice from someone who you wouldn't swap with. If you wouldn't trade places with that person, you're probably not best taking advice from that person. This episode is brought to you by Enlightened Smiles, the premium brand of teeth whitening. If you do their online training, which I've talked about so many times for, the link is in the show notes, it's well worth it. Even just for the one hour of learning you can do with Payment Langrudi. their training is awesome. But I posted a case recently on my Instagram and my Facebook, so it's at Protrusive Dental for Instagram. And the Facebook page just lets you type in protrusive, a full protocol, so 10 images on Instagram, because that's the cap, it's kind of annoying, and about 25, 26 images on Facebook. How I replaced this lower incisor that was aesthetically failing and a crown in the upper right four. But also as part of that case, we did some teeth whitening with Enlightened. We got a great result with that. So you can see the kind of results I'm getting with my whitening, plus the vertical preparation that I did on lower incisor and how I replaced a aesthetically unacceptable lower incisor crown. So that's all available on social media for you to check out the full case. And thanks again to Enlightened for supporting the podcast. Now let's get to the main episode with Dr. Diary Abda. Dr. Diary Abda, welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast. How are
0: you? I am very well, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I'm a big fan, by the way, for what you do. And it's just amazing. You know, the, the way you describe things I really
1: appreciate it. And I'm excited to tap into your brain and, and, and share the knowledge with everyone. And just so you know, I always like to give a little bit about how I know someone. So I know you through uh, Dylan, your son, uh, went to dental school together. Uh, and when he you know, he's always spoken very fondly of you over the years. And I actually didn't know how involved you were with education implants. And I <laughs> thought, Okay, we have to do an episode. Uh, so we were kind of brainstorming, okay, what should we talk about? And one thing that's always talked about is atraumatic extractions and, and peri-implantitis is two separate things. But that's a, the main theme for today. But before we delve into that, um, uh, Dr. Abda, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you're obviously very much into personal development because you're talking about Tony Robbins via WhatsApp the other day, or by email. So, so just tell us a bit about, you know, who you are, where do you work and, and where you develop this interest in implants over the years?
0: Sure, sure. Thank you very much again for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, I mean Tony Robbins had a big, major influence uh, in my life uh, many, many years ago, over twenty years ago. In fact, Dylan was with me. He he went there on his fifteenth birthday party. You know, Father's Day. You probably are take the coolest dad the ever. Oh, Someone I took him to Tony <laughs> to walk on fire. <laughs> Thank you. So we we have the hat and we have the certificate. So we we yeah we've done it. Being there. So no, it's always good to revisit these things. I mean, one of one of my mentors, my my motivational mentor, said, you know, motivation. Oh, it, it, it's a bit like a. It's a bit like taking a shower. You you can't be motivated once every ten years and say that's it. And it's like a shower. You have to take it every day. So there are all these uh, routines you have to get yourself into. Now, saying all that i mean that led me to a different path altogether i was talking to college students in the states um telling me about my story how i all started mm-hmm. and sometimes you need to hear from somebody else your story and it was quite a humbling experience because that led to something something else led to something else and I, doors opened and i met great people you know like yourselves and and when you have an open mind you know like a parachute you do you do land well you know, so we ended up doing some charity work in, in Mexico for orphans. And at the time they invited a, some film, filmographers from, from Hollywood and they did a documentary. And then one day I get this phone call to my to my clinic in Cambridge. I'm just this little humble dentist in Cambridge. I get this phone call from the Emmy Award nominee committee. And they said, well, Dr. DeJuan, you wow. your wife um, are invited to the Emmy Awards because you were one of the producers of this documentary, which has been, anyway, long story short, the, the, the documentary so got an Emmy Award, and so we so got brilliant. an Emmy Award, <laughs> so I can, I can brag and say I'm a, an Emmy Award an Emmy producer, but that was all for humanitarian efforts, and also I always wanted to develop. I always wanted to go further, so going back to my dental background, I have two dental degrees from two different countries, <laughs> and believe me, that's not by, by choice, my friend, because I studied in, 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 in Romania for six years, and then I could not go back to my country at the time, which was Iraq, and I had to move somewhere else, so I went to Sweden, and at the time, Sweden was very Very welcoming, but also very difficult in in the face Mm of foreign certificates. So, uh, I mean, the study in Romania was was unbelievably helpful in terms of practicality. Maybe not so much technological. Now I go to a place where it's all about technology, but the practicality was quite funny. Talking about extraction later, uh, when we had extractions, uh, three, four students had to train on the same patient because... Uh, you know one will wiggle it and the other one will do something oh. else and then we all pretend the tooth is out We put it back in only because the oral health in Sweden uh, Apart from the chewing tobacco that they use sometimes It's actually quite high. You don't see many people with dentures. You don't see many people and of course I was at a clinic where wow Bronermark was only 20 meters away uh, in his office, you know, and some of the biggest names now we hear in the world of perio or implants, they were all either with us or something. So you can imagine being in that environment. Now, I finished Sweden, then moved down here uh, to UK. I did my master's degree in implants very early stage. But for about three years, this is the interesting bit for about three, four years, I was actually a very, I don't mean any disrespect. I think it's, th- there's greatness about being just the, a general dentist, just doing your thing. Listen, as long as we all do what we do perfectly, I think that's great. The trouble is to be trying to be master of everything because you're going to be master of none in the end. So uh, general dentistry, I loved it. But I wanted to move on from there. And uh, this comes from a guy who, and I just say this to to your audience because I respect you and I respect them. Um, This is coming from a guy who probably didn't like to hold a scalpel in his hand Okay, for a few years. I thought, meh. I don't want to do it. But then I, I fell in love with implantology. It was still quite a novel thing to do. I mean, when, when I finished my master's degree, I think there was only probably in the tune mm-hmm. of 20 people in the UK who had master's degrees. Okay, so
1: Diyarik, what I want to just pick on further is, how did you know it was your calling? Because if you hadn't placed an implant before, I imagine, before doing your master's, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and there weren't many people doing implants, how did you know to commit to something that you were or was almost like a novel field. I guess it's a bit like someone nowadays committing to uh, laser dentistry, having limited experience in lasers, and committing, you know, into a master's in laser dentistry and whatnot, and going all yeah. in. How 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 did you get that sort of premonition?
0: Sure. Well, the thing is, as I said before, we were actually only a few meters away from uh, Professor Brunemark's office, and this is a guy we used to see, um, you know, around the cafeteria. He used to hang around sometimes, talk to us um always in that bow tie and uh, so everybody wanted to be him you know everyone wanted to be i can't imagine anybody in my class who actually didn't want to place implants i think we i haven't followed everybody but i think most of us actually became implantologists in the end because there was just such a such an aura Such it was in the in the air you know mm-hmm. in sweden and our department they did they did train everybody on implants so when we came out we were actually ready to place implants we had we already were certified to place implants wow yes so as a result i was i was already placing implants and then i thought well i want to go a bit deeper in this and do a master's degree little did i know that the master's degree was more academic than practical so i still then had to go and pursue other mm-hmm. other forms of knowledge and basically in anything you do if you want to do it well you need to look who's the top guy and you go for that so i had my eyes on somebody for years uh, in the states so, I, I just pursued him and I, and I went to him and I said, look, I want to learn everything from you. What's there to learn? And then I spent a good time who, with him. Who, who was it? Share the name. This was uh, Professor Dennis Tarnow. So, uh, oh, okay. Professor nice. Dennis Tarnow, he's very widely referenced everywhere. I mean, you cannot do your master's degree if you don't have gone through 200 you know, studies of him. So anyway, yeah, I mean, something... I,
1: I don't do implants, but I, I still appreciate uh, Tarnow's uh, uh, law of, you know, five millimeters from the crystal bone, the papilla, that kind of stuff. That's all from, from Tarnow, right? If I'm not
0: mistaken. And he's, he's just an amazing guy. So and then again, there was a the late Carl Misch as well. And I also approached him. So mm-hmm. uh, with Professor Tarnow, there were a few courses happening that I attended. It was very, very kind of, it was only for like 20 people. And you, spend, you got to spend a week with him, And that was great. And also with uh, the late uh, Professor Karl Misch, I spent some time with him as well. And these are these are by far the two biggest names out there. And of course, there are Mm -hmm. other people whom Mm -hmm. I respect. So I'm still, uh, despite um, I've been running courses and lectures and things, but I still I'm still a student, you know, because the learning never stops.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're going to extract some uh, more fundamental, basic concepts from you today sure. uh, to, to help those protrusorati listening in and wanting to gain some nuggets, maybe on their commute to work or uh, chopping their onions as they usually do. Let's start with a traumatic extractions. Bit of you know, I want to remember this lecturer, This oral surgeon uh, at the front of the podium, and she said that a traumatic extractions uh, is, is BS. And she said this because uh, all extractions. By, by nature should be atraumatic. So why do we have this entire separate field called atraumatic? Uh, another thing I want to just mention as a, as a build up to this is uh, I remember being in the F1 uh, and uh, an extraction was okay, we can do this. But if you wanted an atraumatic extraction, it was gonna cost you a little bit more. Can you can you believe that? So, <laughs> so <laughs> tell us what do you think about that statement about you know, there's no such thing because all extractions should be atraumatic. Uh, and then also what actually
0: is an atraumatic extraction? So do, you, do so. Shall we agree on something? A traumatic extraction should it cost more? Because I mean, the, the question here is: Is this? <laughs> I was thinking. Uh, you know what, just seriously, I was thinking the other day when when he sent me the question. He said, "I, I want I, I want us to talk about a traumatic extraction." I've got a series of lectures that they're called the dreaded extraction. You know, so a traumatic extraction. I thought, hmm, this is a very interesting question. Who is this a traumatic two or four? Is it to the patient? Or is it the bone and the surrounding tissue, or is it to the dentist? Because I mean, nobody wants to do a, a, a difficult extraction on a Friday night, you know. And usually they happen Friday. That's why I don't work Fridays, so I don't I don't see any patients for extractions. <laughs> uh, it's just laws of universe. So I think the definition of atraumatic extraction we can all agree on. It's probably the best definition or the most clinical, clinically accurate definition would be atraumatic to the surrounding tissue, bone, soft tissue, everything else, because, and then depends where you want to do with that socket. I saw I saw a video of yours, you were doing some extraction and I know you're a big fan of separating roots and I totally agree with you. Sometimes, I mean, in the old days, we used to sit down and, and, and try with a root and wrestle with it. And in the end, in the end, after half an hour, 40 minutes, people say, oh, let's get the drill out. Well, why didn't you get the drill out after two minutes, you know? Uh, or from the beginning, why? Didn't you it it took me years,
1: uh, Diary, to actually to actually gain the confidence and the awareness. That actually, why don't why don't I just skip the the trauma-inducing part and actually go straight to make my extractions easier? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but by, by sectioning the teeth. So this is uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. So atraumatic extraction, as you said, is making it kinder to the bone, to the soft tissues yeah, for the patient. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so when we are training at dental school the way I was taught was we had to only use forceps. We weren't even allowed to use luxators because wow. what if it slipped and the luxator went through the floor of the mouth or something, right? So loads of us were breaking crowns off and then we we're being rescued by the, uh, the the tutor who'd come and then raise a flap, draw some bone, section, etc. So that's uh, our background. Obviously you learn to use luxators and stuff. So if we want to be atraumatic in our extractions, What are the additional skill set that we need and additional tools that we need to be able to achieve that?
0: Very good question. Now atraumatic atraumatic extraction, my story with atraumatic extraction started with luxators. And you're right. Uh, I mean, the whole notion of atraumatic extraction is that instead of horizontal wiggle, you try to lift the tooth out vertically. So it's through vertical forces and whatnot. So that then comes the separation of roots. I mean I sometimes in the past had to separate an incisor root going from uh, distal to mesial so I can separate so I've got more control of the buckle. or sometimes in implantology, lately there was a trend to do this leave as a, like a, a flake of the root uh, Buckley so that you don't I mean that proved to be not such a such an exceptionally successful thing. And, and mine has evolved over the years. So uh, I completely agree with what you did on that video. And I think that's amazing because that was, a, I think it was upper molar that you were separating the mm-hmm. roots, yep. taking them out one by one. And I, I was looking at where you were keeping your fingers very accurately, you know, especially that buckle wall. I mean, until you take uh, CT scans of of the mouth uh, case after case for implants and things, Sometimes you just don't realize or you forget how thin this buckle bone plate is. I mean, it's it's just paper thin sometimes. Um, so at all times that finger has to be there whether you use elixators or anything. But lately I've gone into piezo surgery and I like to talk a little bit more about that because I think that's something which is doable because you're talking about tools. That's something that's doable. It's actually very cheap to uh, to buy a, a device nowadays. I mean, I remember my first device I bought that was like mm-hmm. a, a fifteen thousand pounds. Now, in the old days, most of implantologists and, and you know bone bone pickers, we all bought these big uh, devices. They used to be coming in a big box and massive device, but they were pretty much useless. And that's why most of us, the device ended up in a, in a drawer somewhere. Uh, I was actually thinking, where's mine? You know, I'm I'm sure it's not in eBay. Uh, but we don't even know where it is because they were slow, they were hard. It was actually hard work. So sometimes the extraction took me like 10 minutes with the piezo it was taking me 45 minutes. I'm like, what's the point in this? Now they've changed. And I had the the fun and the privilege of being part of a study with my good friend, Professor Angela Trogan from, from Vienna, who's the president of the International uh, Ultrasonic uh, Surgery Association, and, or Academy rather. We were doing a research study at the University of Bordeaux a few years ago, just before COVID. And the beauty of that was that we had some human cadaver specimens that we were working with, so it was a real deal. But also, we had every single... I think this was 2019, and we're supposed to be publishing a paper uh, at some point, but that got delayed because of COVID. We had every single piezo machine out there that's available on the market now. We had about 12 of them. I mean... By the way, I, I told you in the beginning of the, the, the whole talk tonight, I'm doing something for the first time ever in my life. And that is talking without my slides. So
1: <laughs> so,
0: so, we have to describe things now because there's a photo of me yes. uh, on my lectures. When I There's a photo of me there with, with all 12 machines in front of me. So it was a bit like a, like a, a Top Gear kind of thing. And it was nice. I mean, it was me, two other professors, we were having all these toys, and we found out that they were not all the same. No wonder why some people get frustrated. So this is the problem. If we buy the wrong one, we might end up frustrated and losing, you know, our enthusiasm and everything. So I'm not I making mean, Excuse my ignorance here, yeah.
1: but just want to bring this in. Uh, I mean, we're recently doing up the surgery where I work in at the practice. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, my nurse said that, Oh, Jazz, you won't be having a Cavitron anymore, you're going to have a P's on. I'm like, Okay, fine. Can I can I still do what I but want to do want- with it? She says, yeah, you can do what you want. So, uh, yeah, But now, will I be able to use that Pison unit, which is primarily there for your scale and polish kind of stuff and to remove uh, uh, calculus, is that the same Pison no. I can use for surgery? Is it different?
0: No. Excellent question. No, that's not. That's not because it's, it's, it's all in the frequency. We need to know which frequency are we using. I mean, the, the, the ones we are using. So basically, uh, uh, at the end of testing all of these, we found out that three of them, where top, you know, got top mark. Um, and the one I use without mentioning names, uh, I mean, I'm happy to say it if you push me, but... You can mention it. Uh, you
1: can mention it. It's fine. It's, it's, <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. You can mention I'm,
0: it. Yeah, I just... Uh, so it's 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 called the cube. It's from a company called Action. It's a nice little cube. It looks like it was designed by Apple. I mean, if Steve Jobs designed Piers he would design this. <laughs> it's all little... Bomb. And <laughs> I, I call it the Jackie Chan because it's very cute but very powerful. So that... Well, <laughs> That works with a frequency of between 24, 36 kilohertz. And what it does, so what they do, the the one you mentioned about, you might get away with certain things, but definitely not, not bone cutting and all that. And I hope not. So the way these work, they work in two ways. They work through ultrasonic vibrations. Okay, so they've got ceramics inside that vibrate through a transducer. And then that translates into the vibrations and the ultrasound or ultrasonic into their tip. And that's how you cut, but then there's water coming out as they do. And the water creates this cavitation effect. And the cavitation effect is like micro explosions, you know, when when water, mm-hmm. it's almost like micro-boiling phenomenon, micro boiling phenomenon happening in the in the liquid that's hitting the hard surface. I call the micro explosion mm-hmm. basically. So what it does, it gives you better visibility, mm-hmm. it gives you hemostasis. And also it has an antibacterial property, why? Because it can break down bacterial cells, walls that are in that vicinity, which is amazing. You get three, four things, which mm-hmm. means it will decrease morbidity and increase predictability. Now, what are you gonna do with that socket? Okay, that's, that's, that's your business, okay? Are you, are you leaving it? Hope not. Are you putting some collagen plugs in there? I hope so. Are you putting graft material in there just to keep that bone architecture? Wonderful. Or are you placing an implant? And of course, we need, I mean, I developed this technique called the 360 technique, which has been trademarked and all that. And that is exactly to show how you go about, because it's not just kind of sticking this, this, this tip into the periodontal ligament space and hoping that things will break down. Because after all, it's designed to break, to cause like micro shattering of the, of the mineralized tissue. And The mineralized tissue definitely is not the periodontal ligaments. So why are we breaking it? So we're actually breaking the bond between the periodontal ligaments and the roots and the cementum. And that's where these If you can imagine, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can imagine a a Saturn V rocket in the days of Apollos, you know, how this whole scaffold will come off before it takes off. So that's where we are are trying to break down all these ligaments. So then the tooth, I had Mm -hmm. teeth, an upper left two, I think it was, if I remember, Uh, it was beautiful. After we finished all this, it actually popped out. I didn't even need to lift it. Because the, the, the water got underneath it, just like a, the pressure made the tooth come out. And that was beautiful. Now, then after that, obviously, mm-hmm. you have the thickness of the bone that you have to then preserve because depending where you do with it. So going back to atraumatic extraction to simplify everything, it's any extraction that allows you to keep the surrounding structure intact to quite an extent. Mm-hmm. So then you could do mm-hmm. what you are planning to do with it. Now, you do that through... Mm-hmm. Separation, wonderful, and luxators. I've done hundreds of those and they're yep. amazing. Whether you do that through the-
1: And that's about my limit, that's about my limit Diary. Like, I don't know what I I couldn't tell you what a peritone looks like. I've heard great things about them. Maybe you can tell us about it. But my limit at the moment, my, my knowledge base is luxators uh, and sectioning and those are my uh, uh, skill sets that I use to make my extractions atraumatic but also just for me to make my extractions predictable more than anything. Uh, atraumatic is, a, is actually a secondary outcome uh, for, for, for me and being you know, preserving of the soft tissues and the, and the hard tissues. So uh, I don't know much about periotomes. I don't know if you're going to go in that direction. Are they are they useful?
0: Periotomes are just like the, the nicer cousins of, of luxators. You know, they are just kind of okay. a bit more, they're a bit more finer they go in the in the in that ligament space easier, better maybe than narrower, and they have different shapes, so you can use it for various um, you know corners and things like that. Uh, it's a bit finicky and a bit more mm-hmm. fiddly, but does the job, you know. But um, do you use
1: them much, or do you I, just use your I, bog standard luxators?
0: I used to use them. I tell you exactly what I do. I use my for every extraction, and now Dylan, my son, he also uses the piezo for every extraction, every single extraction. So we are fighting mm-hmm. over it, we have to buy a new one now. And so <laughs> so no extraction. Let, let, let well, me just
1: make this really tangible. Sorry, Jared, I just want to make it really okay. tangible, right? So you know, the patient's uh, numb. Let's say we're taking out a lower molar, lower first molar, the patient's numb. You're going to take your P's on, it's probably a specialized tip of some sort, and you're going to use it, I guess, in the PDL space all the way around. And, you know, just to describe it because, exactly. again, I've never seen this before. It's something oh, new to me. So Absolutely, uh, you have to, yeah, exc- absolutely fine.
0: One piece of advice is so if somebody gets excited and they say, let's get one, the trick is, is not to... You don't have a scalpel, so the idea is, even the tip looks very aggressive and pointy. The idea is when you go into that PDL space, you don't go back and forth. You actually go in a pumping direction. So basically, continuously, you're going up and down into that space. Why? A, you want to allow the water, the spray to go in. That's where the cavitation happens. And also the idea is you, you don't want to cut these because if you want to cut them, well, you might as well grab it. It looks like you grab something else, you know. So you go around them. And then you notice how all of a sudden the tooth becomes slightly looser. Then you go back to your luxators. That's absolutely fine. And you do that. Or even sometimes Mm. I use the piezo. I go with my luxator. I go with a separation. And then I go back to my piezo a little bit. And this whole dance could take no more than seven minutes, you know, but it just mm-hmm. happens quickly everything happens predictably that you said the word predictable before that's the name of the game my friend whatever we do whether it's a it's a simple humble buckle filling to i don't know what is predictability and so that's mm-hmm. that's what you do you got the machine patient is numb it's the lower right mm-hmm. let's say 6 and it's amazing if you break a root so remember when if we broke a root Automatically, the, the 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 bone drill comes out, and the whole thing, and this entire army of mm-hmm. of tools will come out. Well, no more. I mean, sometimes Dylan shows me where a tooth came out, but the tooth, the tip was a little bit curved or something, and uh, he just grabs mm-hmm, the piezo. Mm-hmm. And because of that cavitation, there's so much water going in. Sometimes the water actually just lifts that that root, as long as you create that space around it. And when you look down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure it it. Cuts a little bit of the bone, but nothing that the normal human eye can see. But that's enough for the tooth mm-hmm. to be loose and come out. Yeah. So gone the mm-hmm. days when I used to lose. Um, uh, I mean, if I didn't do many 360 socket preservations, I wouldn't actually go and and, and trademark the name. Uh, you know, 360 socket preservation protocol, uh, because you can't be trading mm-hmm. trading a name or trademark a name where. It only happens fifty percent of the time, and the other fifty percent it doesn't happen. You know, it's a bit like Apple mm-hmm. saying, "Well, we are Apple, but sometimes we are oranges as well." It, it doesn't happen. You have to be consistent. <laughs> so in that case, I are, are saw... there any
1: studies to show how much difference it, it actually makes? Like, uh, you know, oh. s- uh, studies of uh, teeth that were extracted w- without, you know, using uh, techniques that didn't involve the piezon versus techniques that did involve the piezon. How much more bone you preserved?
0: Absolutely. I mean, the, the, there's so much study out there. There are actually so many books nowadays on, on the topic. And uh, if at some point your audience would love to see a list of things, um, I'm happy to provide you and then you can put it on the on the Telegram or on the chat or somewhere that they can see sure. because it's great because there's so many we can't, we can't even talk about them now. But one thing, let me just tell you a funny story, is all these things are wonderful. We are all clinicians at heart, but it's also a practice builder. And I tell you why. One day I see this patient coming, lovely gentleman, and he is sitting in the chair. I look, he got an upper right canine broken completely. So just a root there, but it's a bit of a, you know, that nasty diagonal fracture. So I look there and I say, yeah, so what, what, what can I do for you? He said, well, I would like to take this tooth out, but I want to preserve the socket. Now, all of a sudden, the alarm bells start to ring, preserve the socket. Mm, is he a dentist? What's he going on? How does he know about the mm-hmm, socket? Mm-hmm. You know? Did he have a bad experience before? Anyway, long story short, he told me, uh, I'm in Cambridge, as you probably know. This guy came from Northumberland. Now, I think that was a good seven hour drive. And I said, why here? He said, oh, my my general dentist said that he was at one of the dental shows and he heard this guy lecturing about piezo and he showed case after case and slide after slide how he managed to scoop out these roots out of these most difficult areas and he preserved the bone for later on to use it with an implant. And he said, because we need to place an implant, and he doesn't do it. He he said to me, you should go to see that guy. I said, well, that's wonderful, but how do you find me? How do you find me? He said, well, I had to ask him. He had to look up to to see who lectured on that day, what happened. And then he sent other people. And then people send people uh, because they say, oh, it's so easy. I didn't feel a thing. And Dylan has a little trick. I like it. He takes the tooth out. He finishes everything, and then he will say, "So now you might feel a little bit of pressure as we do this." And the patient says, "Okay." And he says, "No, I'm joking with you. The tooth is out." I love that line because <laughs> it just puts people. Out. That's it such he's... a Dylan trick.
1: That's a yeah. I know Dylan, and that's such a Dylan thing to do, and I love it. <laughs>
0: and, and, and to me, that's like that's like handing a referral card to somebody. and Say, "Could you refer other people to me?" You know, it's amazing. Seriously, it's a it's a practice builder, and you are talking about your your level of expertise in the separation, I would love to invite you one day uh, to my to my clinic and just show you a few cases and we can get some models. Mm. You have have a go at it. And you just find that it's so much easier than doing other things. Now I did this test which I shouldn't have done. I know probably this is going to be yeah. on the on the internet as they say all the www, www, www's but we were doing this this clearance down here. So it didn't really matter that much. Implants were already we had a two kilos of graft material already. So, and, and I told the patient, I said, I, I will do two things here, one side of the mouth with this, one side with that. And he said, okay, that's fine. So signed it all, that was, that was all cool. So I did one side with the piezo. Uh, this is just my own clinical thing. One side with a piezo, and I did the other side just with luxators. And, mm-hmm. and this is, by the way, is not a secret, it's, it's all, all of my lectures. And on the other side, I broke the buccal bone on one of them and on this side I didn't. Now, whether because I'm now mm-hmm, used to mm-hmm. to the to the piezo and I use it before the luxators, because I, like I said, my luxators are complementing my piezo, that's a different story, but just pure luxator and that bone was so thin, it, it, it broke. So of, of course that was the that was the area mm-hmm. that we 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 had to grow most bone, and, and the case was successful later, and we placed the eight implants for him, and he has he's happy. But what I'm saying is that whatever works in your hands—that was
1: that, was that was a good uh, opportunity for a split-mouth study—and I'm glad you did it.
0: Exactly, exactly, with the patient's permission, and I knew that we are not risking anything, so the effect will be will be will be good anyway. So the idea is, once you do this 360 socket preservation, and let's say that you are an implantologist. Hey, if you are not an implantologist and you are just doing it, patient broke teeth, general practitioner doesn't do implants, they have to do the extraction. Well, instead of sending a mess later on to the implantologist, they will love you if you send them a nice healed socket, beautiful width, beautiful height, everything. And if you've done some nice cleaning and decontamination of the socket, then even better. So I think we, we ought to do it. We ought, We have to do something mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. any socket that we take a tooth out. So... Mm-hmm. And we have different levels of grafting, we say, look, if, even if you don't do want to do anything, because some people don't want to do anything, we say, look, why don't we just place some collagen plugs for you, at least it will act like a kind of mini scaffold, it's good for a while, until you figure out what's what, mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So I'm glad you said that because my next question was going to be: most dentists listening to this uh, won't have a, a piece on, but they're now going to, you know, their interest will be piqued, and they'll be like, "Whoa, okay, this is something new for me," and they're going to look look into it. And you know, any any papers you send, I'm happy to to link to them. So that's really good. But then I was going to ask you for a, a tip or some uh, advice that you can give for for the everyday dentist, young dentist who who can who wants to be a traumatic, and you've just given it there. So to use a a collagen plug, just. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Does it matter which brand it is? How does it actually work?
0: Okay, so the brand, I would say, to an extent, stick to a a well known brand. You got things like BIOS, um, like Geislik company. You got BioHorizon, they do their BioPlug, which we are a big fan of it. Uh, I use it a lot, Dylan use it all the time. And they, they look like root shape, they look like a bullet. So all you need is just to form it ever so slightly and it just goes down there and it keeps that shape. So basically what happens, mm-hmm. it will integrate with the, with the, with the coagulation and becomes a, an extra scaffold. Obviously is not bone grafting per se, but still mm-hmm. it will buy you time and it doesn't allow the, the, the crystal margins to collapse on themselves. Because as we all know, when, when you leave a socket um, to heal, as it's trying to heal over over time we lose the margins because they come down as part of that healing and before you know we lost three four five millimeters and then patient might knock your door again uh, you know mr general practitioner mm-hmm. i love you but i now like to have an implant what can we do and mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. send and i had that that's what i'm saying i had i had people being referred uh to me and, and when i look at the bone obviously you don't you have to be careful what you say, but I'm like, I, I just wish that you, you you place something here, just a scaffold, you know, mm-hmm. and they're cheap. I mean, those collagen plugs, I think you're looking at probably 10-15 pounds a plug, or 20 pounds a plug. So they're mm-hmm. not that expensive.
1: Is this different to the one that I have in my clinic whereby it's a cube? Uh, and then we sometimes cut it into two and put it into like the, the mesial root and the distal root. Uh, this, uh, but I, you know, I don't think they're, these ones are, are, are that expensive. I mean, not that that's nice expensive rule, but it's much yeah. cheaper than the, the 20 pounds. Uh, yeah. uh, so th- are they a different brand, a cheaper brand, do you think?
0: I think the cubes are made in such a way they're very sponges. Whereas if you have the two yes. of them and you play with them, you notice with the cube, you can actually, if you, if you squeeze it, it becomes like a, almost like paper you know, you can squeeze it all the way. Yes, it has flattened. It's like you flattening a cardboard box, yeah. This one is woven in a different way. So it has a bit of a resistance. I mean, some of them go as Mm -hmm. far as they're woven in such way that even if you press it, it's almost like it bounces back a little bit to its shape. And that's something you need Mm -hmm. compared Mm -hmm. to those. Listen, at the end of the day, something is better than nothing. And even the cubes, probably half of my career, I used to place those cubes and they're fine. But just leaving a Mm -hmm. socket. But one thing is very, very important. We've done the extraction. We've done everything, and I hope sincerely. I hope that everybody grabs that curator or some. I just just cleans, just clean the heck out of that socket. That's the problem. Sometimes we take the tooth out. It took us half an hour. We are shattered. We just want to send the patient home. Mm-hmm. No, clean mm-hmm. it. And and nowadays we have these these uh, saline in a little kind of injectable mm-hmm. tube kind of thing. I don't know. It costs probably pennies. Just kind of wash it, rinse it a few times, and then put this thing. Mm-hmm maybe a couple of stitches, maybe not, and then you send the patient home, everybody happy, and they thank you later. And the implantologist will well, thank you. And going back to our, mm-hmm. our, our Diary, really,
1: at, the, at mm-hmm. the moment, I use uh, the just a, something basic, the spoon end of a Mitchell's trimmer, uh, something as basic as that. And I really spend my time to, to clean it. And I, I feel as though over the years, uh, I've got less dry sockets, since I started to clean the socket. And this is something that I, I didn't always know. It took me five years I've dental school, a neurosurgeon I met, uh, who helped me, uh, taught me to, to do this. And then because it was over the shoulder teaching, I, I then inherited it. Uh, and now I pass it on to the other dentist when I when it went when by the the chair side. I said no no we're not done yet pick up the Mitchell's trimmer get the spoon in clean it uh, do I need anything more fancy than that or is that okay
0: that's perfectly all right and I think um, you're doing a great job there you just mentioned a, a, a word that I forgot I since I used the the the, the piezos which is about seven years now or eight years for every extraction I haven't had one dry socket none zero hmm mm-hmm.
1: Because see, before I would never believe that, but now that yeah. I've had
0: such a decrease in myself, I, I totally believe you. <laughs> uh, the thing is, it's not it's not me. It's, it's a technique. It's a device. Because what happens, because we are, we it has this antimicrobial property, whereby the the microorganisms' cell walls break down. Remember, through that cavitation, through that micro boiling, so your chance of success is much better, much higher. Now, I must admit that maybe another reason I don't see many dry sockets is because probably eight or nine out of my extractions end up with an implant because that's what I do most. And therefore, by the time they are referred to me or they're in my chair, but you ask Dylan the same thing and, and he will tell you the same thing. I don't think I've ever heard him say about dry socket at all. Um, so yeah, these are these are the things. Mm-hmm, so yeah. if if anybody is using... Just forceps, that's a that's a big no no. So the takeaway from here is that either follow your technique, which is amazing, the the, the separation, I still do it today today, or you can add another tool. Um, and hey, we are dentists, we love tools, we love gadgets, you know, anything that you could plug in a wall and use mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. So try to get mm-hmm to any company really. But one of the good ones is like I said, is the cube from Action. There's, there's I've heard NSK. great things about
1: Action. Um, I mean, if I've always considered actually before, uh, when I was doing a more root canals, they had these uh, really cool instruments for, for, for r- tips for root canals and stuff. So if I b- b- buy a, a unit, for example, if I was to get a Pison unit, for example, from Action, is there a such thing as you use it for the surgery, but also you have restorative uses as well? Because uh, Or is it exclusively for surgery?
0: there are so many tips that you probably uh, you probably fall in love with all of them i mean you've got prep smoothing mm-hmm. tips you got this tip you got obviously i use it a lot for bone now cutting now we're talking now we're talking so for prep smoothing <laughs> for for perio you know for root uh, planing for uh, uh, all kind of stuff uh, every time they come up with a new Pack, you know, package of these tips. I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So now we have to get more tips. So, but it's it's seriously, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, my sinus list, okay. all of them are done with 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 a cube. So that's, that's why I call it the Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. You know, it does it with a smile, but it's very powerful. It does everything <laughs> from the small thing to the big thing. So it can kick one person, it can uh-huh. kick a whole uh-huh. gang. So um, that's Amazing. on a traumatic surgery. So I hope, and because of that, obviously, uh, it will be atraumatic for the dentist, hopefully. You know, that's what we said.
1: Yes, and, yes. and, and more predictable, and less and failures, and less dry and sockets, as you said. And that's good. That.
0: So next time, yeah. next thing, I think, if somebody finds uh, in, in a dental show anywhere, go speak to them, talk to them, see what they have, what they show you, and then uh, maybe they run courses. There are courses all over the place for these kind of things. Um, we run it as well. So go and get that technology. It's, it's not expensive. It's just a bit more expensive than a a top-end descaler, really, nowadays. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, I it, mean, it, it's great. I mean, I, I knew there were uses for endodontics and preps and stuff, but then the way you describe this is all new information in terms of mm-hmm. the 360 technique and how much of a difference it can make. So uh, I'm, I'm sure lots yeah. of dentists listening have, have gained from that. Uh, you mentioned your, your courses and stuff. Uh, so, Jerry, tell us about uh, the implant teaching that you do. Sure. Whereabouts do you do that? Sure. How is it run? Sure. There's lots of uh, uh, courses out there, but what is special about
0: yours? Sure. No, thank you for that. So I, I, I've been teaching and lecturing. Uh, Um, all over. And for the last probably 10, 15 years, I lost, I think, probably I've been talking over 250, 300 times in different places, both in the States here and and all over Europe. And uh, mainly it was about techniques, you know, certain techniques I teach or or certain things. And I always had this idea of this academy at the back of my head. So it's been, my academy has been in the making for 10 years now. And I thought if you do something, which is part of your legacy, you I I better do it perfectly and not just uh, half-heartedly. So it's been 10 years in the making. And finally, before COVID, I I started the academy, but then COVID happened. And then because most of the things um, I teach, they are all hands-on. So I found it very, very difficult or challenging, rather, to do it online. And I thought, I just wait, I know this will pass. So to kill time, I wrote a book that became a bestseller. It's called Business Not As Usual. Uh, during COVID and that went on Amazon. Wow, I didn't didn't know
1: this. I had no idea. Wow. Uh, Is it specific to the
0: dental niche? No, this is for small business owners. You know what to do in times of um, downturn, down economics and stuff like that. Because a few years before that, I did an MBA. And right now I'm halfway Uh through my PhD on the back of that. Uh, So I thought... you know, Like uh, you said, the the learning never stops. You are a perpetual student. it It never stopped. No. So basically, this... So then I spoke to a few friends and I said, listen, I, I, I need to do something that I always find in courses. I mean, there are many courses out there, like you said, and there are some amazing courses. But what I found that a lot of time there was there was this uh, this information fire hose, And then you go back and it's like, OK, now, where do we start? What do we do? So I thought, first and foremost, I'm going to give them each one a roadmap. What is expected to do till next session so that they start doing it? Number one. Number two. The other problem with some courses, they last six months or seven months or eight months. Now, I mean, God knows, I've been I've been on in courses for that lasted a year. Uh, I thought I need something that it gives enough breaks to people, but before they forget the knowledge, before we need to get cracking again. So my course is, is done within five weeks. So like three weekends, Fridays and Saturdays, and then two weekends. Um, you know, there's a break, and then Friday. But there's some work to do in between, and that way the information stays fresh. So that was my next thing. So I had to look a lot into teaching because I used to teach at. Uh, well, I, I currently I'm I'm a faculty, I'm a adjunct faculty at University of uh, mm-hmm. Illinois at Chicago, at the Periodontology mm-hmm. Department, mm-hmm. and also I did some some stuff with Warwick as well after you know on the master course. So. I had this, this ability to teach and make big things, smaller pieces. But then I thought, how do we do this in the accelerated format? So I've kind of created this method where you know, I just give you enough information that is super, super, super important that you use rather than just kind of painting this entire picture for you, because people can get that information. They want to know what can I do mm-hmm. in the safest possible way. And again, if you, I'm an expert witness uh, for implantology as well in course of England and Wales. Um, I did a law certificate a few years ago. So I thought, okay, and what is it that keeps them out of trouble? You know, Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So combining all this Mm -hmm. knowledge, basically, it's an accelerated learning format for the busy dentist. Uh, As long as they dedicate six weekends over the span of five weeks, that's what the course about. So at the moment, it has many courses in there on the DA Academy website. And that's just academy. I'll be sure, uh, yeah. share,
1: uh, be sure to share that in, sure. in the comments below and sure. on the, the show notes. Uh, sure. Thank just so you. That, you know, those it. who want but... to check it out, uh, can check it out. Did you get to uh, place any implants?
0: Well, at the moment, this is the I was about to say that now at the moment, the pinnacle of the whole thing is this accelerated dental implant course that we are doing. And the way it works that I will distill every knowledge that's out there to be given in practical terms. So we are ready to place implants now. In this country, what we do, we place implants on real models. So these are not human beings, but these models are so real that you have soft tissue, you have to cut it, you have to do all these things, you have to suture it. They're amazing models, very, 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 very super expensive ones. And then from there, Mm -hmm. the idea is when people want each one, each candidate is actually invited to be with me for a full day, Looking over my shoulder, and they can ask as many questions as they Mm -hmm. want. Um, We have Mm -hmm. cameras, we have screens. They will be right above my shoulder. They can assist me if they want to, and that's one of the best learning. I hundred percent agree.
1: That is the most uh, powerful learning I've ever had. It's always been over the shoulder. And you know,
0: they're not stressed. They're not stressed. Them doing it while not having, and you have to have all these codes between each other. You know, go left, go right, do this, do that. They watch me do it. They learn everything in five weeks, then they come and watch me do it. And I try not to put two people together. Every dentist will has the right to come for a full day by himself or herself. So they get full benefit mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is priceless. And then, because sometimes people put mm-hmm. two three people together. Now, on top of that, then if they want to place implants, I encourage them either if they are close, they can bring their own patients to us and then they can place the implants while under my supervision, which I think is brilliant because we have all the tools and everything around mm-hmm. us. Or we can arrange to go to their practice for the first few implants. Uh, obviously, there's some that's outside the course uh, parameters, but I, I encourage anybody who wants to place implants the safest possible way and predictable way to go and visit this, you know, the accelerated dental implant course. And you know, Jaz, I've always heard great things from D-Line about you. Seriously, and when I met you, uh, my my mm. respect just grew. And I know this community is very, 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 very close to your heart. I know that. And now they're Absolutely, they my the
1: Petruseranti.
0: They're close to uh-huh. my heart. Uh-huh. You're too. very so welcome. I would love to extend, uh, obviously, we have the super early birds, early birds and um, normal pricing, whatever the price is, I would like to extend 10% discount at any stage they want to join to them, as long as they mention your name. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my gift. To all of them, and I hope they take on. Amazing.
1: I I, I really appreciate that. It's funny, actually. My, my buddy Clifton. I, I went to see him in Brighton, uh, and and he said to me, uh, "Jazz, do you do you get a lot of um, course organisers and uh, d- uh, dentists who teach? Do, do you get a lot of uh, stick from them? Do you get any hate from them? Because the, the the things that you gave away on the podcast, I paid so much money to get that information, and you're giving it away for free." He said. I, I said, "Listen, if anything." I think the podcast serves to, to help identify people who, who realize, you know what, I'm inspired and I want to learn more. So I actually think course organizers have benefited from the podcast, because it's inspired people who, who've who identified it, you know, what I want to do better, I want to do different. I've now decided that I want to niche in this, in this respect. So and if anyone's looking into the implant world, uh, then I'm, I'm sure you've learned a lot from Dr. Diari today in terms of what is possible uh, in an accelerated program, and from his wealth of experience, and you're very interesting, Diari, I have to say, with the, the MBA and this Emmy producer award and uh, authorship. You're a very fascinating uh, man. So that's pretty cool. So um, (laughs) just tell us the website again, I'll put in the show notes.
0: So the website is Accelerated Dental Implant Course. That's the main course at the moment we are running. Um, You can also go to uh, daacademy.co.uk that has different courses we are working on the dates, but the, the main one is accelerated dental implant course and by the way you can also give them my email i'm more than happy to answer questions and the other thing we do after the course for an entire year we run this diagnostic and treatment planning uh, whatsapp kind of connection so that if somebody's stuck on something they can always mm-hmm. ask mm-hmm. me anytime and I, i'll be more than happy to plan the case with them so my main thing is is i want the way I was taught by some people and they made a big influence and impact my life, I want to impact lives of my dental colleagues. And and that's, that's very clear that's, that's okay.
1: yeah that's very clear well uh, thank you so much for, for, for sharing all that we ran out of time for for we can definitely Maybe do a part time, two yes. in, in some months uh, yeah. but uh, yeah absolutely but atraumatic extractions uh, that was really fun i, I learned a lot i'm going to be looking at the the Jackie Chan of uh, the Pisa world i'll be uh, <laughs> finding the cube and having a look actually i you've definitely piqued my interest there uh, more for the you know yes the surgery sounds amazing but as a as a restorative geek i'm always, i'm remembering all the tips the the preps tips that i saw uh, to take my preps and next So uh, that's got me very excited, actually. Uh, Is this one more thing I can now justify to my wife? Anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you so much, Yari. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, My pleasure.
0: My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. It's it's been a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you.
1: Well, there we have it, guys. Thank you so much for being a true Patrice and making it all the way to the end. I always really appreciate you. If you resonated with what Dr. Diary Abda had to say, and you have the appetite to learn more from someone who's so experienced and fascinating as Dr. Diary Abda is, then check out his academy, -academy daacademy.co.uk. Again, I'll put all the notes in the show notes. So you can check out his complete range of courses. Also, the case that I shared with you on Instagram and and Facebook, where I showed about the the whitening case with enlightened smiles, that case I actually also did a canine riser. So I've got a full video showing exactly how I did step by step that canine riser. And then if you remember, but I've got an occlusal series, every month, I'll send you one occlusal tip. Over 400 of you join my email list for that, it's completely free. And the way you join that is occlusion.wtf. The website is actually occlusion.wtf you just type in your email address and I'll email you the tip. So when you get the email for the canine riser, I'll also include the video that you might have missed the very first occlusal tip, which was how to adjust a resin bonded bridge after you re it for the correct occlusion. So RBB re and occlusion. And then the next one coming is canine riser, full blown technique. I've checked out the whole of YouTube. There's nothing this clear and this good on canine risers out there. This is gonna be quite comprehensive and I hope you enjoy it. So do check out occlusion.wtf to sign up for that. And be sure to share this with a friend if you found it interesting. Thank you so much.